well, well, well. We're Hello back. There. We are back indeed. Episode 27. Yeah, it's crazy. I thought I always think it's like one more episode than it is. So I was about to say, Lauren, can you believe it? We've made it to episode 28. But we're wrong. That would be wrong. We're, we're wrong. We have not made it. And no guarantees we will. Yeah, honestly, we'll see how the actually, week goes down. No, actually, we, I, Chandler, what is our commitment? What? Okay, let's just go worst case scenario here. If Pop Apologist doesn't grow anymore from here out, like we have peaked, okay? Okay. This is a dark, grim reality. I need you to enter into your mind. Okay. I need to, you to enter in your mind. What What episode will we stop we at? Quit? I feel yeah, like, would we quit? I feel like we get to like, I don't know, 50 episodes and then we're just like, wow, that was amazing. We had a 50 episode <laughs> podcast. Like, I, I totally agree. It's like, I'm going to share a fun fact about myself. I actually had a podcast, a 50-episode podcast. Like, that sounds impressive. Like a, But you always have to say, like, a 50-episode podcast. I like the idea of saying, I had a podcast, and we did it for a year, and it was an amazing experience. Right. But I would say, I just here's what my excuse would be. Because I would never want to admit, like, oh, you know, we had all these ambitions and worked really hard on it and put a lot, put our own money into it. We poured money down the drain. <laughs> I would just be like, this is totally the BS I would come up with. I would be like, honestly. I just got so busy with other projects that right. I just had it was I'm just trying to focus focus is so important to me right now right we I would be like well we have a saying at Facebook and it's, <laughs> it's ruthlessly prioritized and I just had to be ruthless with my prioritization and I just had to pivot like frankly and it was sad mm-hmm. to leave it behind but mm-hmm. I know it's waiting for me if I want to return have you ever heard of Peter Thiel that's what I would say I would say have you ever heard <laughs> yeah. of Peter Thiel he really talks a lot about failing fast and zero mm-hmm. to one mm-hmm. and that's a principle I try to adopt in my daily life but you wouldn't want to say failing fast because then that means that it was a failure. Oh my gosh, you're right. Ugh. Okay, I need to practice this really speech a little bit more. Strategy for you because like, <laughs> I've got mine zeroed in and you, you do. I feel insecure. Okay. It's okay. This, this is coming from someone who's a, abandoned far more projects than you have. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not true. I have gone through way many phases and abandoned well, way more projects than you. Yeah, but I feel like I've abandoned them even before I've gotten to like a week into them. Like I basically will that's think true. Like, I'm going to journal way more and then that's as far as that ambition goes. That's that true. Thought? I've done solid two yeah. year stints totally. in my endeavors, and then I've always basically pivoted. So yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see, guys. Well, hopefully we make it to the next episode. Otherwise, look out for some of these BS statements. Exactly. If you DM us and be like, "What happened about like where's episode twenty seven? I'm like, "Have you ever heard of Peter Thiel?" You're gonna know <laughs> that uh, the rugs were ripped out from under us. Truly. Okay, Chan. How has your week been? Uh, Lauren, it's been a really good week. It's been not too busy, but like productive. Um, so what's funny is that last weekend I saw a, a video of you on the Instagram story where you were wearing an Apple watch and I had this like moment of outrage within because I mm-hmm. had been thinking about getting an Apple watch. We get like a wellness budget and oh, I gosh, was, here we go. Bragging again. I was just going to say. We're only, we're only a couple minutes in, but what chat? Uh, we get a wellness budget. And so I was, I had been thinking about getting an Apple watch. And then of course, like literally I had the thought like three times that day. I was like, I should really consider that. And then I log on to Instagram and then I see you having one. And I'm like, this bitch, like we do literally do not have an identity like separate from each other. It's actually so annoying. We are one flame, one flesh of one body. It's honestly like really annoying because I moved away from Southern California to like establish my own life, build my own identity, and it's not working. Geography will not rip us asunder, Chandler. <laughs> not to get all biblical. Hmm. Yeah, honestly. Um, indeed, I did purchase an Apple Watch, and it has completely changed my life. I could not agree more. I actually, at one point in my life, uh, already did have an Apple Watch. Do you remember this? remember but you and Courtney actually that's let's be totally transparent with the listeners all three of us have had Apple watches for the two-week period where you can still return it and we've all returned it no not true I had mine for like a year oh you okay so did you wear it for a year okay folks this is the really interesting story of my life and Apple watches I did wear it for a year I wore it like all in 2016 I guess you're right you did have an Apple watch when we were working together I sold it I sold it because I was super broke. 
I was like, I need a hundred dollars so badly. So I sold my Apple watch and it was so depressing. It was literally like, I, I was this close to taking it to a pawn shop. Luckily Facebook marketplace, like saved me that shame, but I sold it. There's there's no more dark financial situation or setting than when you are so broke, you're selling things that have a value of less than $120. Yes. And like when the person bought it for me, I was like, wow, you're really doing me a favor here. (laughs) It's like all those trips you took to Plato's Closet in college. All those trips to those clothes resellers (laughs) that we took, those were dark, grim times. So grim. Lauren, I used to literally think, can I go shopping this weekend? And then my second thought would be like, what could I take to Plato's Closet? And I kid you not, (laughs) one time I went there, maybe I've already told this on the podcast. I went there with what I thought was a pretty decent haul. What I thought should have gotten me like 40 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So basically how it works is you give them your stuff and then they're like, okay, come back in 25 minutes and we'll have like your total. So I'm like, okay, I like actually go to the other mall and I'm like, I'm just going to meander and look at what I can get once I get my money, once I get my coin, my cash. So I go back to Plato's closet. They're ready for me. And she goes, okay, so we can offer you 85 cents. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) not kidding you. And I like the color drained from my face. I stood there in horror and shame and I looked around. I took a hard look at my life and what had led me there. And then I had this dark thought of, well, does it look cheaper if I take the money or if I just say like, you can keep it? And I'm pretty sure I said, you can just keep it. I mean, no one's oppressing the woman at Plato's Closet assessing your used leggings, but I thought I could walk out of there with my head held high and (laughs) 25 bucks and it was so dark. I don't think I went back honestly after that. It's really when you're in that phase of your life when you're making in the 10 to $12 an hour range mm-hmm. that you're just in like the bleakest. It's like the bleakest era of poverty, especially when, okay, I mean, this really is like two, two privileged white girls talking. We're totally self-aware. We understand, folks. But anyway, this is was our experience. When you are making 10 to $12 an hour. Oh, and I was a host at a restaurant. I wasn't even a server at that point. I was making, like, each of my paychecks were, like, $300. Yes. When you are, and when you have our sensibilities when it comes to money, which is that. And working. Yeah, which, well, don't like to work. And (laughs) when you have money, you like to spend it. You like to spend every last dollar. You like to get to the point where you have two days left till your paycheck comes in and you have a solid 48 cents in the bank Mm -hmm. and you have to text one of your sisters hey can you venmo me 75 dollars and i'll hit you back on friday even when i was making very good money this just goes to show how bad my financial habits are but whatever i'm just laying it all out there today i i still was in that habit where it'd be like okay cool 27 bucks to get me through uh wednesday and thursday no no expensive dinners i mean kagan and i used to go out to dinner three times a week and spend at least 70 to 80 dollars each i know and those were never me let me just tell you guys, I mean, Dave Ramsey is shaking right now, but I don't regret a single experience or memory. Amazing. Okay. So basically, <laughs> you're happy about your financial skills. That's where we're coming to. I Someone once told me something interesting. They basically said, whatever you can save, unless it, unless the amount you can save could truly move the needle in your life. Then it's not worth it. If you're making Who told under you this, like someone at Plato's Closet trying to get you to spend more money. <laughs> no, my actually my old boss. He told me under okay. thirty, if you're if you make less than a hundred grand a year, mm-hmm. he says every additional dollar, or maybe he said under seventy five, something like that. He said every additional dollar it creates so much additional value in your yep. quality of life that you should just spend the money instead of worrying about saving. And then Kagan always told me that you should worry about how you can make more money and not saving like your, your interesting yeah. yeah well when I was making pennies when I first moved to LA like I always had so much guilt about like how I wasn't saving money like I had friends who had like thousands and thousands of dollars saved in college like they would babysit all the time and then they just like wouldn't spend totally. any money and like that was always very annoying to me because <laughs> I was like how the hell are you do you have 19 grand saved I, it's like those people that come home from the summers during college and they work full time. Yeah. And then they have this big nest egg and they're like a different species. Yes. If completely I go, different. if I'm working during the summer, I'm also looking so good in all the clothes I'm buying. Yes. In the summer. I'm spending oh. all summer. 
Totally. Oh my gosh. But I always just thought like, how, why am I not putting away stockpiling cash? (laughs) And like when you're making 55 grand in a big city, it's not easy, folks. Yeah, it's not. And you shouldn't worry about it. You should just worry about getting to, I love how I'm giving financial advice. I should not be giving financial advice, but I will regurgitate what has been told to me by very successful people. You should worry about getting to a place where you make a lot more money than you do now and not focus on creating, I don't know, also $50,000 from $5,000 in 10 years. Yeah. I basically never regretted like going out to dinner with my friends and like having those experiences totally totally like i've regretted like buying a lot of nice groceries because that was stupid but i don't know anyway we digress we are really venturing into territory we have no no place offering advice oh so we should probably just retreat like that orem hiker from that from that mountain wildfire no did you see the video why are you so tuned into orem utah news right now (laughs) I okay. I'm just telling you both of these things. Kagan brought up to me. I, they came up on his Twitter. Some a hiker in Orem. This was on National Geographic. This went viral and all over the world. A hiker in Provo Canyon. I think it was last weekend or two weekends ago. Okay, he was hiking and he saw Gosh. a mountain lion cub, and then he looked and there and the mother like ran toward him, or ran down the hill like when the mother saw him observing the cub, oh my and gosh. then I know. And then he, like, he videos the entire thing. But for six minutes, this mountain lion, like, basically stalked him in Provo Canyon. It is so crazy. You, send me, you tell me these juicy stories, then you expect me to just not Google them immediately while we're recording the podcast. I know. I'm sorry. Wow. Well, it's so funny because yesterday you texted the family group text and we're like, are you staying safe from the fires? I'm like, how is she so tuned in? We have tons of friends who live in that area. And Kagan was like, fine. you know what Kagan did? What? Kagan sent me, showed me, said there's a big fire in Orem, sent me the link. And then he goes, are you calling Courtney to see if the kids are okay? Like, like he making was fun of me? Oh, like, no, like making you. fun of me because okay. I'm so overly concerned with childhood safety. Right. And, and anyway, I just, we had a not so nice moment when I told him not to minimize or right. trivialize my care for my families and especially the progeny of my families, like the survivors, people carrying on my family names, safety. Yeah. That uh, missed me with that, Kagan. Okay. Yeah. We're all a little bit paranoid. This is the family you're marrying into. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Take it or leave it, baby. Chana. So wait, have you videoed it? No, I watched the video. Yeah. No, I haven't. I'm trying not to with every fiber of my being. Oh, I thought you were saying that as you were doing it. No, I'm trying to stay present in this podcast. Okay, let me just send it to you because it actually – let's just pause for a second. Or hold on. Let me – Do we actually want to talk about this mountain lion video? Okay. I guess we don't. That'll be a – that's a no from Chandler. So let's just (laughs) keep it moving, baby. So wait. Um. (laughs) Oh, wait. We were talking about Apple Watches. Oh, Yeah. So I promptly felt like my identity was threatened once again, yet again in my life with four sisters. And I promptly went out and bought my own just to prove to you that I as well could rock an Apple Watch. And it really has changed my working out game. Like 100%. 100%. Wait, but why didn't it have this impact on you the first time? Because I wasn't working out this hard. Because you just weren't caring about working out at that phase of your life. I wasn't going as hard with cardio. Okay. Like, working out was just, like, more of something I did with Courtney, like, before school and, like, and her friends, like, for fun. Yeah. And, like, I'm now at a place in my life where, like, I truly do work out pretty hard. Mm -hmm. And I like seeing, like, how it pays off with an Apple Watch. Okay. Last night, I have a certain calorie goal I want to get to while my move ring. Mm -hmm. And last night, I was 50 calories away from it, and it was 8.40 p.m. Okay. And so I had about 20 more minutes of being awake in the world. Right. And so I was watching a show with Kagan and in the dark of our living room, I started, I just got up and went behind the couch and I started doing jumping jacks and, and knee kicks and like basically whatever I could to get my heart rate up for a solid like five to six minutes to get 50 calories. Oh my gosh. I know. It's amazing. It's fully working on you. I it's in an in an embarrassing way. I'm like I don't know, I'm just a, it's very predictable. But see, on days where I know I'm not going to meet my goals, I just don't wear the watch. <laughs> I- 
I think I think that's that is an incredible strategy. Like yesterday, I basically laid in bed and watched eight episodes of Game of Thrones, and I just left the watch in the drawer the whole day. I'm just like, yep, not interested. Also, yeah, I don't, I don't like wearing smart. it with a cute outfit. Like last night, I went and got dinner with uh, Tara and my friend Riley, and I put it on with my outfit, and I was like, this is disgusting. Absolutely not. I will not wear this. And even though I walked to dinner, oh. I was like, I don't care about tracking. Like I just cannot bear it. But I ordered a cute band, so we'll see. Yeah, I think you got to get. Do you um, have a cute band? No, but I think you need to get a, a bracelet-y band. Yeah, that's there's what I got. One, there's a really cute one that has three gold Wait, strands. are you doing one on Etsy? Yes. I ordered it. Oh, my gosh. Did you two? Are you fudging kidding me? No, I didn't order it, but I looked at it and I wanted it. Yeah, I, I ordered it like the day I got it because I was okay. like, this is the only way I'll wear this. Will you send me Will you send me the link to what you got? I want to see if it's the same thing. Wait, okay. I just like literally Googled cute Apple Watch bands. This is so funny. Oh, this is so annoying too. We literally cannot stay in our own fudging lanes. So am I not allowed to get this Apple Watch band? No, it's fine. I already told my roommate she could get it too. So it's fine. It's the only way to make it work. But anyway, I just want to tell people that for me and my experience with it, I, as we all know, the saga for the past month in this podcast is I'm trying to fit back into my pre-quarantine jeans. Mm -hmm. They still don't uh, button. Oh, really? Yeah, they don't. No, they like they fully don't fit. The buttons, the metal, and then the denim don't come together. Oh. Oh. It's, yeah. It's a dark situation. Yeah. So anyway, I'm feverishly trying to fit back into my jeans. I have been working so hard for the past six weeks. And over six weeks, I lost a solid three pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Three pounds over six weeks of hardcore dieting. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it was excruciating. Yeah. It, I felt like nothing was changing. It was terrible. I get my Apple Watch, Chandler, and I realized that when I realized how many calories I was burning before, I realized that I was only in a 400 to 500 calorie maximum deficit a day, maybe less than that, like probably less than that. So I majorly up my, okay, I hope Alexa is not listening right now, my trainer and slash friend, great friend. Alexa's not listening because she does not want me to do this, but I'm sorry, Alexa, I'm doing this. I started doing cardio every morning mm-hmm. and tracking and tracking it so that I'm in a higher deficit and I am down two pounds. Amazing. In a week from this Apple Watch. So it has changed the game for me. The accuracy is really nice. Like I just, there's, it just takes a lot of the guesswork out of like exercise and like burning calories. Yeah. It just allows you to actually know if what you're doing is effective. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Besides like how I basically hate how it looks unless I'm in workout clothes, I'm really liking it. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, I got it for the purpose of my purpose was not movement related at all. I got it. So I would have the ability to go to a park or go somewhere for a few hours and read a book and just hang out without my phone, but still be contactable mm-hmm. just because I like everyone. When I do think you go to now, parks? When do you go to parks? I don't, but I yeah, want I to become the person that does like with a book. Right. That's the kind of adult I thought I would be. That's not the kind of adult I am. Mm-hmm, so anyway, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be the change I want to see in the world. I love that. And I got this Apple Watch so that I could do that, but still be contacted and be in touch because I have this anxiety if I don't have my phone around me that something major is happening, like either gossip or something crazy is happening and I'm not knowing about it or someone really needs me or whatever. I have done none of that. I've had, now I just have two devices with me at all times. (laughs) Um, uh, It's a little Inspector Gadgety, but the exercise portion is worth it all. It's worth it. It's fine. Are you sleeping with it on? I am not sleeping with it on. Are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when do you charge it? Like when I'm taking a shower. It doesn't take very long to charge. Uh, interesting. interesting. Okay. Anyway, shall we move forward? Yes. Before we bore everyone to right. death. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. What else is going on with you, Chan? I mean, okay, I started Game of Thrones for the first time ever. Okay. I have started Game of Thrones a couple times, and I've never been able to get past the first episode. Yeah, honestly, I got past, I've watched the first episode, like, also multiple times, and I got past it, and it's totally good. Here's what I'm gonna say. It is pretty gory, and it's also pretty sexy. I'm typically just used to the latter um, in my shows, 
So I will tell you that I am fast forwarding through some of some bits because they are just a little too intense for my sweet spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, I guess your sweet spirit uh, is not so sweet no, that you're not that you're I'm watching not chase shows. No, I'm not watching Little House on the Prairie, but I I do find myself I did cover my eyes today during a scene. Because I just, I'm not into... A sexy scene? No, not... I'm, I'm not covering my eyes for those. Okay, I'm only okay. covering my eyes. I'm covering my eyes during the more gory scenes. I have no interest in any of the war stuff. Yeah, I, I just don't like sitcoms. So I don't... I'm, I've run out of dramas. And this is a drama that everybody loves. But do you have interest in the... Do you like watching any of the war no, scenes? No, I basically scrub through war scenes. Yeah. What is with that? But there's like good family drama. Yeah, totally. I have a hard time in, in, with worlds that don't actually exist. Like, I have a hard mm-hmm. time with fantasy as a genre. Since I left my Harry Potter obsession as a kid. Yeah, right. I haven't ever been able to get back into fantasy. And so I don't know. It's, it's not, it doesn't feel like fantasy in the sense where it's, like, fantastical and, like, magic. It mm-hmm. just feels more like medieval. Okay, okay. Anyways, I am liking it so far. I watched like eight episodes yesterday and laid in bed wow. all day long. Yeah. Was it fantastic? Yeah, it was really nice. That's you, just like the perfect way to spend a weekend, in my opinion. So your day consisted of eight hours of Game of Thrones and dinner with friends. I literally woke up at 11, made myself breakfast, went back to bed, watched Game of Thrones until 6 p.m. That sounds incredible. I took a bath. That was one like part of my day. One that, thing to punctuate the events. One of the things that I very much enjoy about mine and Kagan's relationship is that neither of us judge each other or care whatsoever if we do that. So I like if he does that, if I binge a show all day and do nothing all day and there's no one cares. That really is super special. Yeah, I think so because you know there are enough (sighs) men out there who'd be like, why aren't you painting? Why don't you get active? Why don't you get a hobby? Why don't you go read a book in a park? Oh my gosh. Shut up. So annoying. Get me an Apple Watch and maybe I will. (sighs) I actually, I truly hate that. So, yes, that's the kind of relationship you want in this world. It's just someone you can literally lay around with and do absolutely nothing, and there will just be zero judgment. Yeah, who you can do nothing in front of even when they're being productive. Yeah. That's yeah. also, you know, something that's That's valuable. one thing I do also admire about Wyatt and Courtney. I feel like they spend a lot of their time just binge watching. Totally. And totally. ordering food. Like they're you know not what? a super like I mean, until they had kids, I don't feel like they were like a super like active, like let's go do all these activities all day. It was like, let's watch a show, let's go out to dinner, <laughs> let's repeat it. let's let's here's the strategy let's hone in on the best parts of life and do those repeatedly oh i remember i would get texts from courtney at 2 30 p.m i would be in class and she'd be like want to come over and watch a show and i would leave class to just go to their house and watch tv courtney and Wyatt embrace comfort and convenience on a level that is just stunning. It's so special. And so unpretentious in the best way. I feel like those af- those Sunday afternoons with them were before family dinner where we would just all watch TV were so special. So special. That's really a life of lots of TV, lots of great dinners, and then lots of glamorous traveling, which is basically Courtney's life. Yeah. That is the, the, I don't know, that is the peak, the zenith that we should all aspire to. Right. I feel like... In addition to having four kids, I'm really just want that exact same thing. Oh, well, dreams. Okay, dreams. glad we have some. Chan, on that outline, do you want to tell me about Task Rabbit something? Oh, yeah, you guys, this is so embarrassing. I basically, I don't have a closet I'm in my apartment. And so I've been had to, I've had to be very strategic with my clothing. So last weekend, before after we recorded this this weekend's episode, this past week's episode, I got some furniture delivered from IKEA, and by furniture, two beds that I pl- that I plan to stack on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Mom said to me, "Yes, this one bed has four drawers or six drawers, but what if you could have twelve drawers?" So it's wacky idea, Mom would have. That's actually genius. Literally, literally. So it is genius, and I'm like. This is literally giving me so much anxiety. I don't know how to put together furniture. I hate putting it together. And she's like, it's fine. We're going to put it together. It's going to be great. You're going to have 12 drawers, Chandler. 12 drawers. Okay, Lauren, each of these beds weighs 300 pounds. No. Yes. Yes. When put together, 300 pounds. 
my gosh. I'm not okay. kidding. I'm surprised so, you're like, your floor didn't fall through. This is what I'm... that rickety San Francisco apartment. I know. I know. I don't know. It's definitely not earthquake proof. I'm a goner. So basically, the beds get delivered. And mom and dad are supposed to come over and help me put them together. And dad mm-hmm. gets five minutes in. This all happened after we recorded, so I didn't have this story to share. But basically, we've uh, we've opened one box and we just started to look at like the ingredients for this bed. And Dad just goes, "Let's just pay someone to do it." <laughs> uh, that's why I love Dad because he's not gonna he's not gonna be like, "Why are we gonna Why are we gonna pay someone to do this when we could do it ourselves?" As a family, no. <laughs> Totally. So, but actually what he meant was like you're gonna pay for it like I'm gonna give you a little bit of scratch towards it but you're gonna pay for this task rabbit because also I didn't know how long it was gonna take so I hire someone from task rabbit and he's actually pretty cute like he's got like a young boyish look to him um nice and as he's en route you know he's like scheduled to come over in the next half hour mom goes Chandler this could be your future husband <laughs> Uh, Chan, you know she meant that sincerely, No, right? she was 100% sincere, sincere. Because the thing about our mother, love her, love you so much, mom, um, are her priority for her daughters when marrying is not a stable job. Mm-hmm. She has one priority. Hot. Hot. So if he fulfilled that on the little icon on the app, then she was probably like, oh, let's check out venues while he's in mom, mom did not care that Kyle was making $50 an hour on TaskRabbit. <laughs> Building, pretty- building Ikea furniture, she just cared that he was hot. Was it, is it 50 or 15? No, it was 50. 50 is great. Yeah. 50 is great. 50 is great. great. I mean, that's I think, a living wage. I think Tasco, it's a little tough. Ta- and I think TaskRabbit takes a cut of that, but. It's not anyways, exactly consistent work. Kyle too. ended up being here for six hours, Lauren. And okay. And together Chatting. Wrong. Oh, no. Yes. But luckily, my roommate and I figured it out, and we put it together, and now I have an incredibly tall bed. Like, I, it literally looks like Princess and the Pea. It has throne vibes. I'm just embracing it. Just embrace it. I think for the functionality, you can embrace any sort of – a little bit of aesthetic downsides. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I just don't know if it's going to be, like, a deterrent to new friends and suitors. Oh, real! You know what is so funny? I met this girl. I met this girl in Utah that I like. I was obsessed with. She was so cool. And then I went to her house, and she had this bed that was like a foot higher than it was normal. And I just left. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm not gonna be your friend." <laughs> I really did have a crisis. Where I'm like, "Is everyone gonna think I'm weird?" <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think anyone cares. Okay. Okay, good. That makes me feel really also going to be pleased that your room isn't full of crap and all that stuff is hidden under your bed. No clutter. You may have to get a running start to get up on my bed, but there's no (laughs) clutter in your way. You're not tripping over anything on your way there. Certainly not. (laughs) Oh, wow. But yeah, that was like the highlight of my um, week. And it was sad because I could tell he felt bad. So he gave me like, he only charged me for five hours and I left a good review. So you paid so $250 fine. for your Ikea bed to be put together on TaskRabbit. I paid Rabbit. more like 300 yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. On top of a very expensive Ikea purchase. Needless to say, I'm back feeling poor. Okay. Chan, this is the perfect segue because we have an announcement today. Okay. We Are do. you ready? Oh, I do. We do have an announcement. Yes. I'm just <laughs> so ready. <laughs> You guys, we've hit that point of desperation. (laughs) Basically, we've been put into this financially desperate state through a combination of IKEA beds, TaskRabbit mishaps, Apple Watch podcast, and this podcast. You folks, friends, family, foes, everyone, all alike, we are officially launching our Patreon. In a desperate attempt to break even on this podcast (laughs) so we can continue and no longer have financially fraught arguments with each other over podcast-related topics. Yep, and expenses. Accurate. Accurate. we've, We've been fraught. We had all sorts of righteous plans regarding any sort of franchising, if you will, any sort of anything money related with this podcast, we thought, okay, we're going to maybe let's wait a year. Let's put out, let's try to put out high quality content, questionable, who knows? Yeah. But is this funny? (laughs) Let's try to put out high quality content for a year and then let's move into that. But 
Basically, and, we're going to be bled dry before we can make it to that year mark, so we're, we're jumping the gun. <laughs> we're jumping the gun. We've hit six months, and we are we are so – you guys, we're so excited to launch our Patreon. Patreon. Okay, so we're not just we're not just throwing up the Patreon and just asking people to put money in the coffers for nothing. Because, right. you know, we were rela- raised by good American parents with this good is a American sensibilities. Street. Absolutely. Right. So we don't believe in, in free. money in free money unless nope. it comes from your husband or boyfriend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Snaps. So unless it comes from a man in your life. Okay. Right. And we have figured out a way, I think, to solve another problem, not just the, this little money issue, but um, not – and I wanted to caveat. We're not trying to set up our financial lives, our financial futures. We're just trying to break even on this pod. So we're trying to solve that problem. But also, we noticed that a lot of people would ask us to recap shows or talk about shows and give our commentary. But then the same – like half of people didn't want that. And – prefer the shows without them because they didn't watch the the shows which mm-hmm. is totally understandable yep we so, were at a fork in the road we were so we decided that on patreon weekly we will be doing commentary on your favorite shows really our favorite shows no offense so if you don't like the yeah, shows we're that we're recapping choose our uh, favorites we're gonna choose our favorites to do and we're going to recap them. Right now, we're doing The Bachelorette and Real Housewives of Orange County. So when you hear this in your ears, you can also go to Patreon, sign up to be a supporter. So cool. And you can hear our thoughts on those two shows. And we're going to add more shows as more shows debut, like mm-hmm. Chandler. Are we are we committed to Real Housewives of Salt Lake or what? We are so committed to Real Housewives of Salt Lake. I truly could not be more excited. I think we're even going to probably go live during the premiere. Mm-hmm. The, oh, yeah. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake is truly the intersection of pop apologists and Bravo. And we, like, couldn't be more thrilled. We couldn't be more thrilled. We're gonna, you're going to get all our insider Utah commentary yeah. on Real Ho- Utah Mormon-raised commentary on Real Housewives of Salt Lake. And I think it's also a really good way to allow us to talk about things that are more like sensitive topics that's not on a public forum right so people ask us stuff that we don't feel like we should really talk about on the pod in the q a and And so we're going to answer some of those questions on uh patreon so it won't all be shows too it'll be general chitter chat i think we try and keep like our weekly episodes like just podcast episodes super light and fun and just like breezy Mm -hmm. and so patreon will be like a great like space for us to explore other things Yes. So it's, it, honestly, I cringe. I cringe as I give this whole spiel because it's like, do you want more of me? Go to patreon.com. <laughs> but here we are. And there will be there will be a couple tiers. There'll be a tier where you can just support us. You can just give a little monthly uh, allotment if you're not interested in the additional content and then a tier for the additional content. And and that's all I know so far, folks. You know who's going to be really happy that we've started to look elsewhere for financial investments? For financial inv- investors, uh, if you will? Lewis, Lewis England. England. Yes. Mr. Lewis England has actually hit some financial hard times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He initially approached us wanting to be... Wanting to sponsor the pod in a humble way, I would say. Yeah. When he sponsored the pod in a hum- with a humble sponsor offering. <laughs> offering, that was a widow's might, if you will. <laughs> yes, and in exchange for just hearing us on the airwaves, yeah, and maybe a little shout out. But then those offerings dried up. <laughs> we they did. Re- you are in further between. Between yes. And we did receive a new influx. So, Mr. Lewis England, we just want to thank you for your support of the show. Without your support, this show, while it might go on, it wouldn't go on as caffeinated as we are now. Truly. And it's the coffee our, money we really need and You love. are the angel investor that really gave us our wings, truly. It's, you gave us the confidence to one day launch a Patreon and beg more, more people for money. <laughs> So thank you so much. Thank you, Lewis. Yeah, putting our making our mother uh, just shake her head in shame. <laughs> yeah, do you think mom's gonna like pay on the Patreon? No, I'm sure she's on the phone with a funeral service right now, being like, "Hey, I'm gonna need a coffin that you can roll around in <laughs> because the pop apologist <laughs> killed me. I'm dying are, of shame. I'm already rolling in my grave." Okay. <sighs> 
Chan, let's move forward after that embarrassing moment. Embarrassing, to... but exciting. Yes, That's what we're calling exciting. our Patreon. And the Patreon's going to be fun. Final plug, because I actually do feel like we'll be able to be way more unfiltered there, because hopefully the, we can say more stuff there that people, people if they're on Patreon, they like us, they're not going to be haters. Right. They get us. No Disney e-girl whatever. Exactly. Okay. Chandler, I love this. On the part of the outline, you have, you've given a, a title and it's to this topic and it's Denouncing Dominic. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So I know where this is going. I was emboldened when I wrote that. I was on fire. I had a lot of rage. And I wrote this not too long ago. So I've had a week long, like worth of a week long worth of rage just totally boiling inside me. You guys, let's denounce. Let's denounce this dick. Let's collectively denounce. Sorry, mom. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get so much. Dominic, that's freaking long for a short other word we could really call him. Mm -hmm. Men like Dominic. West are the worst kind of men. Do you agree? The worst kind of men that walk among, amongst mm-hmm. us. The wolves in sheep's clothing, so if you will. If you guys know who, you guys might not know who Dominic West is like off the top of your head, but you might know him from The Wire. You might know him from The Affair. What else? Has he been in anything else major? Oh, not yeah. That oh, I he can... was in, oh, he was in one of my favorite movies, which is Mona Lisa Smile. He was like the professor in Mona Lisa Smile. He's really cute, unfortunately, even as an older man. And he's awful. He's absolutely awful. Do you want to know okay. why? Okay, yes. But, well, I just want to actually say this, yeah. and I'm probably going to circle back to it. But I disagree. I don't think Dominic West is attractive Oh, at really? All. Okay. I, for me, and even I guess in I'm, The Affair, you didn't think he was handsome? I did not. He, his face. I, th- I guess I'm – this is rude, mm-hmm. but he has a pancake face to me. Like, it's all too mushed together. Like, maybe he, he, like, a bus hit him in the face or something. I don't know. That's pretty rude. Wow. Bus hit him. Well, honestly, <laughs> he deserves it. He honestly deserves it. But he all- deserves it right now. It. I would never have said that out loud except for after what he did. Yeah. So let's get into what he did. I'm sure some of our followers have seen, have follow E! News and look at Daily Mail. But in case you haven't, he and Lily James were filming uh, a show together, The Pursuit of Love or something like that. And they're so they're co-stars. And they were spotted last weekend canoodling all over Rome. They were. And, and it was just clearly romantic. Clearly. It was cl- like... I'm sorry, but unless you are dating someone, you are not riding the same scooter as them. Right. They were riding the same scooter. I wouldn't even do that with a close friend, let alone a lover. First of all, it sounds it looks dangerous. It's super dangerous. And second of all, is yeah, it, it is it's a romance thing. It's not a <sighs> practicality thing. There's there's a photo of them at lunch or brunch or whatever, and he's like literally leaning over across on her, like head buried in her neck. It's so disgusting. It's so disgusting because I- everyone. Dominic West is married. He has With four children. kids. He's, yeah. He's been married for like 10 years or something like that. But they, the four kids, when they got married, I'm pretty sure were like six, seven, and yeah, eight or whatever. Yeah. So they've been together for like 20 years. It's absolutely gross and terrible. I am just like, I. it's disgusting because, well, it's funny because you see his character in the affair and you think, oh, this is just a show. But then when you see that he's actually this, like, filthy, grimy guy in real life, it's especially unnerving. So this is the, my take on it. When I first read it and saw the pictures, I honestly, they made me really sad. Like, yeah. I, I probably was sad for a couple hours, which is embarrassing. The celebrity news impacts me that much. But it's just, like, my faith in men dropped more. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? This is so sad. I actually really liked it when I found out he was married to someone and had, like, He was, like, normal looking. Yeah, who was, like, age appropriate and Mm -hmm. seemed really, like, nice. And I liked watching their Architectural Digest video back, you know, a couple years ago. So, anyway, it made me really sad. But then that Instagram account we follow, Dumois, posted a, a bunch of people wrote in about him. Yeah. And it made me change my view. And this is my opinion. So Dumas posted that, and it basically seems that he has been having an affair 
for their entire marriage. Like yeah. he has been after women, famous and non-famous alike for the last 20 years. And my personal opinion is that they have an open marriage mm-hmm. and this is not a problem. And it, it actually like made, cause it just made me less sad about it. I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. This is just, this is it. Like for her, She's married to a celebrity. He's a movie star. She gets to go to dinner with celebrities. She has to go to award shows. I'm sure it started out of love and monogamy. But then, I don't know. I don't know how it got to where it's at now. But I'm sure that's what she gets out of it. It's the father of her children. And then what he gets out of it is she's aristocratic. They live in a castle. Obviously, she's the mother of his children. The family unit is together. And so they have a clear agreement, Mm. I think. Okay. Yeah, I just completely disagree. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the agreement. What I do not like at all is, like, when that is not public-facing. Like, I do not like... when it is public-facing? No, I would rather... I don't care if you're in an open relationship. I, for personally, I don't believe in them. I think that someone is always on the losing end of that. And I don't think they're manageable or sustainable. Totally. But... I would like to, instead of them coming out with a statement that's like our very, our marriage is, we are still very much so married and happy or whatever their like statement was. Like, I would rather them just say like, we have an open marriage. It's fine. The problem is that these, they don't want to, for whatever reason, that's not like a public facing. I actually kind of respect that. I, but they don't talk about it? Yeah, because I don't think it's anyone's – if you have an open marriage, I actually don't think but that's anyone's business, especially because you don't want your kids to know that. Oh, my gosh. See, I just – I totally disagree. I think, well, if you're going to be canoodling all over Rome and paparazzi pictures are going to be out of you and another woman, like – how are you going to explain that to your kids? Well, that's the issue is he should have never had it be public in that way. Like he should have never, it should never be something anyone knows about, but the two of them and their partners. Yeah. But I just think that's impossible. I don't know. I just, it, the whole thing really grosses me out. Super gross. And then, so one of, one of my favorite gossip websites, Lainey Gossip, she mm-hmm. published this article about this and she basically talked about how like this is the their PR move which is that he flew home immediately first of all he goes to the airport with Lily James yeah you can't go to the airport alone that tells you they're obsessed with each other yeah they go to the airport together that's how much they can't not be around each other Mm -hmm. which is so but anyway he flies home straight away and then they make a public appearance outside their castle they're like smooching and and then there's that note I'm and pur- and purposely they hide their wedding ring hands. It was just the weirdest staged photo shoot. I just that that is what is weird to me. It's you know what? Sorry, that is what is weird to me because if they had an open relationship, I just feel like she'd be like, I don't care. Like I'm not gonna. I don't need to make a statement because I don't care. If they have the if so, this is what Lainey said, and this is the playbook rule. If you're in PR, is if you don't want something to be talked about, don't give it any more attention. Mm-hmm. He should have flown home separately from Lily James. There's no public statement. There's no photos outside the castle, and then you let it fade away. And guess right. what? In six months, people will be like, "Oh, that's yeah, that there was those photos, but nothing ever came out about them again." So maybe it makes it a little more questionable. But here we are, a week and a half later, dissecting it on Pop Apologist and. That's what you get when you don't hire good PR people. Right. Ugh. I don't get anyway. it. What was also annoying, maybe they are in this open relationship and everything's kosher, but I was annoyed by something I saw online where basically there was this article to- that was like outraged that people were slut shaming Lily James. Mm-hmm. I don't think slut shaming is right. It's not a productive practice. It's totally wrong. That being said, I don't think that if, like, you're having an affair with a married man, like, a seemingly, a very seemingly married man. Yes. Monogamous married man. I don't yes. think you should get off scot-free. I don't think you need to be called a slut. But, like, this article, it's so annoying. They're like, yesterday, photos emerged of Lily James and her co-star, Dominic West, in the upcoming whatever show, The Pursuit of Love. The two appeared to be kissing, and many have interpreted it to suggest that they are romantically involved. No, it's very clear. They are together. They are hooking up. Like, you totally. see, these people are not stupid. They're hooking up. It's a thing. And I just, I, I can't stand that sort of, like, PC semantics. I, yeah. Was it on the cut? No, it was from, like, some random, like, gossip website. But it's, like, the okay. two are, that many have interpreted to suggest means they're romantically involved. No, they are. If you're it's kissing so somebody, I don't platonically like ride like scooters and bury my head into my friend's necks. Sorry. I 
I totally understand the the sentiment of he's the one who's married. It's more his fault. And I totally agree Mm -hmm. it is his fault. It is. But it is a huge issue that she's sleeping with a married man. That's actually morally wrong. That is morally wrong. I I don't know how we got to this place where saying that is slut shaming. Right. But it it is wrong. In my opinion, it's wrong. It doesn't make her a slut, but it makes her morally compromised. I once had a friend text me and some other girlfriends that she had met a guy who was married Mm -hmm. and like she was fully intending on hooking up with him or whatever. Yeah. And all me and the other girls in the chat were like, what? And she flipped out on us. Really? Telling us that we were slut shaming her. And I was just like, what era of society have we entered? This is so disgusting. And anyway, we're we're not uh, friends anymore. But yeah, that's. I just think it doesn't make you a slut. It just makes you someone who is yeah. comfortable, like, breaking, like, certain bounds that I think, it, like, you shouldn't break. And because you wouldn't want those broken on you. Yeah, It's not a – it's not even about you being sexual at all. It's about no. you violating some someone, someone else's, else's vow and sacred promise they've yeah. made to another person. Yeah. And I think more than that, you, for your own selfish purposes, dismantling the security and foundation of a family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that, for me, is where I just – yeah, I just – I have no – if that's something you're doing, then you have, then you've, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Anyway. It's it's not like it's something, not something you can come back from, but I just don't think it's a good practice at all. And I, and I think true friends and people who are willing to call you out will tell you that. Yeah. Agreed. Anyone agreed. who's celebrating you having an affair is not a true friend. T- totally. That's my take. Did you know also that Lily James was dating Matt, oh. Jay, Matt, whatever from Matt Smith from the crown? I didn't know I didn't know that until this came out. Okay. But it just makes me sad for Lily James for two reasons. This whole debacle beyond the fact that she's clearly having a morally bankrupt season of her life. Mm-hmm. But it makes me sad for two reasons. One, the photos, I really really was so tempted to post uh, a little meme that was like a photo whose two photos is a photo from the Reformation's website and a photo of oh my her gosh, and it was dress. like what you thought you'd look like in the Reformation yes. dress, what you really look like in the Reformation oh dress. Because so much of the time, so many of those dresses, they look so hot online and Ugh. then you get them and you're like, eh, it just doesn't really, it just doesn't look as good. I was like very underwhelmed with her look. I'm not going to lie. And all Yo, those photos. Agreed. Yeah. It was not the cutest look. And But I will also say she is a beautiful girl, a beautiful woman. Right. She's gorgeous. Why Dominic West? Not a good body. In my opinion, not a good face. Like, why? See, I think you would find him to be, like, very charming. I think, like, especially reading all those Dumois stuff, like, stories, he seems like he was very charming. A total dad bod, but charming. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just so shallow. Dad bods are hard for me. I can't get past them. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, that Reformation dress like literally looked like something from like Charming Charlie. Like it was it did not even look expensive. N- no. No. And then and then I she was wearing some sort of Tom adjacent shoe yeah. with the Reformation dress. Oh, it's so bad. Not good. Not good. Ugh, why is why is Lily not following great things I bought? I don't understand. Honestly, even if she had just been in like a nice jean, a cute top. I don't know. Maybe this would have been more forgivable. If you're Lily James and you can date whoever you want, because really with her level of beauty and wealth and celebrity status, truly she could date whoever she wanted. Mm-hmm. Who would you pick? Who would you pick other than Dominant Quest? That's really okay. my question. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know who I'm really into right now, especially from following Dumois? I want to date Joshua Jackson. Yes. He's please. like my new celebrity crush where I'm like, dang, you seem like a really good guy mm-hmm. and you're so handsome. You've never done anything totally. weird. Okay. This is also a do. So everyone, you need to follow Dumas because we're clearly obsessed. This is also a Dumas find, but I would pick Dermot Mulrooney that, and a lot of people have been writing and saying that he is like a really good guy, but, and I would say Dermot, Dermot Mulrooney in his thirties, circa whatever era, but Yes, oh yes as, and as joshua jackson mm-hmm. strong stable mm-hmm. steady men mm-hmm. ready to be a partner to you in the most meaningful of ways right ready to what i mean joshua jackson was like the perfect husband in the affair literally and I'm sure he's just like his character yep 
He's exactly like him. Clearly, Dominic is just like his character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That show's really just a... Did you know that The Affair is a reality show? Now? No, oh. I'm saying... Cause <laughs> <laughs> what? It literally is. It's such. A, it was such a good show. The first like three seasons were so good. I mean, that first season, mm-hmm. it's that show is up there with Grey's Anatomy and just the where the first three seasons are just iconic. Did you like the main actress? What's her name? Ruth Wilson. Mm-hmm. I did. I loved Ruth Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Did so you did not? Yeah. No, I I did. I just such an interesting look, and I find her like she's a girl crush for me. She, I think she's very distinctive. I yeah. like that she, I, I like that she's not a Kate Moss like twig. Yes. I like that she has a more of a healthy, robust body. Yeah. yeah. And that was like really, I think, be, like, I think she's so beautiful and such a beautiful body, but I also think that's really nice to see on screen. Speaking um, of which, wait, anyway, I'm, I'm going to digress to Emily in Paris. Yeah. Ugh. Oof. Were you seeing all the not- frail Emily with yes. her baguettes? Were you seeing all the not not skinny but not fat like comments? Yes, which I couldn't agree more with. Okay, like, yeah. So another Instagram where we follow not skinny but not fat. She's a great podcast. She posted about Emily in Paris and the fact that she's always walking around with baguettes and wine and drinking wine and it's and then and she's just posted about or Chen. Do you want to explain? No, you're doing great. Okay, I'll so she. Bas- I just don't want to overpower no. or talk too much. You're doing um, great. But she basically talked about how. This is so unhealthy and unrealistic that celebrity or that in a show, a girl is painfully thin Mm -hmm. and it's just eating whatever she wants. Yep. And I think, and I know you didn't agree with me fully on this, but I think that's where I was at with the, with making fun of the oatmeal breakfast I did on Instagram. Right. I think that there's just something insidious about putting, putting up for public consumption. I don't know. I don't know. No, I think I understand that. The other thing about Lily Collins is that she's been very open about having an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And I think, so she sort of, so she's very thin and like that is her body. And that's something that she struggled with is being too thin. And so when she's cast in these roles, like it's actually really toxic to have her portrayed as like a normal girl who's just like eats healthy and works out. Wait, so she's genetically just so thin. That's her problem. No, no, no. Like she, she struggled with an eating disorder. Okay, okay, okay. Trying to, because she was mentally trying to be skinny. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, that, okay. Um, yeah. And so when you put up someone with a body type that's probably the result of an eating disorder, exactly. but then you show her like a healthy young gal just indulging whatever she wants, it just for me, it's it's the same thing as Misha Barton and Taylor Swift. They both in their heydays of like skinniness when they were they're both like real thin for so long. Yeah, Misha Barton and those and Taylor Swift for most of her career. Yeah. They both, I remember reading a Misha Barton interview and she was like, yeah, I eat whatever I want. Like I have a super fast metabolism. And Taylor Swift would always post photos of herself with candy and mm-hmm. like Cookies, whatever. Like, yeah. So quirky with cats. Totally. Well, fast forward, it's pretty clear that was actually not genetically their natural bodies yep. if they were eating a healthy amount of calories. And it just goes to show like it's actually very bad and damaging to have this false narrative about how you eat. If your if your body is like I don't know. Here's the thing: if you were actually like actively trying to like be incredibly thin, like you are not eating a lot, and so to portray that you are, yeah, exactly, is harmful exactly. because honestly, that's that's not the way the real world works, and a lot of people try to lose weight in a normal, healthy way, right? And it's just unfair to per- to come across like you're eating normally, and that's just that's just what you do. It's just it's not real life at all. I mean, I fully remember hating my body because and looking at pictures of taylor swift and being like why does my body look the way it does Mm -hmm. and taylor swift is looks like a twig and can eat whatever she wants i remember like fully feeling so like bummed and Mm -hmm. it really does when i was i don't know 25 or 24 and it really does make young women like have all sorts of negative emotions about themselves so again i like seeing a ruth wilson on screen i like seeing someone who is a little who has a healthy normal body totally i or like uh, yeah it's just like one version of normal like there are a lot of different bodies that are totally totally normal looking that are like that don't look like ruth wilson but yeah i just think it's like super annoying and like even the influencer that you and i've gone back and forth about it's annoying because she'll post pictures of like pasta dinners and it's like okay how much of that are you actually eating though well i think and this is the other this is the other thing 
like, okay, that influencer who will remain nameless, her entire business is built on women trying to look like her. That's really what it is. It's fitness videos and pictures of herself that she sells this, this body image that whatever people are trying to look like her. Mm -hmm. And I think that the problem is that there's a lack of honesty in the conversation because in order to get a body or create a body with a level of thinness or whatever muscle tone to look like that person as much as your body could and that might not that might be a goal you want to achieve that might not be whatever but in order to be lean and muscular getting to that place is very different it's a very different diet than staying at that place because when you stay at that place you're eating maintenance calories right right but if you have to actually lose a bunch of body fat to look like that you're not eating a big no. 600 calorie oatmeal breakfast and pasta for dinner right and so that's where there's this huge lie basically and Total that's why lie. I think all these what I eat in a day videos are such are so stupid because they're not actually productive for people if you're using that person as inspiration for the kind of like level of leanness you want to be. Yeah. I don't know if this is harmful to talk about, but whatever. Like I actually appreciate like when Kendall Jenner, like one of the, Vict- or maybe it was just some other random Victoria's Secret model was like, yeah, before the show for two weeks, I don't eat salt. Like it's stuff like that where I'm like, okay, that's you being actually real about how psycho and intense you have to be that thin. Right. And I don't think that's, I think that's actually really scary and I can't imagine two weeks without salt, but like, that's the type of, I'd rather have that than like this like pseudo bottles eating burgers, like junk. Yeah. I can't handle it. I feel like such a hypocrite because I posted like four photos of my in and out order this week. So I just want to say disclaimer, I am basically just drinking protein shakes right now and having one dinner as I'm in my regimen or whatever. So I feel a little bit like a hypocrite, but I also don't consider myself like what these people look like at all. So anyway. I mean, you're also just not like a wellness like person. I'm not putting out a bunch of photos of myself and trying to get people to buy my workout programs and then posting photos of my cheeseburgers. Mm -hmm. But okay. Apart from that, back to what you were saying, agreed. I read this article just shows all my dumb celebrity knowledge, but I read this article from Dalton Cruz in Vogue and I think I was 19 and she was talking about how like before a show for a solid month, the Victoria's Secret show, she doesn't go out. She doesn't do anything. She just works out really hard and ha- is really dialed in on everything she's doing. And uh, I agree, like at least that sets healthy expectations for the level of discipline you have to right. have. Right. Yeah. If you want that. I can't handle like the fake, the like the pseudo expectations or I don't know. I don't even know how to articulate it, but it's really toxic and harmful. And it's everywhere. It's It's not just influencers. It's movies. It's everything. It's everything. And I want to say right now too, like I think that every body is beautiful and I don't feel like, I don't feel like you need to be look like a fitness influencer to be hot. I genuinely think bodies across all spectrums are beautiful and you can have the best life intuitive eating and never dieting and thinking dieting is bad. Like I totally support that. I totally support that, but I just don't support pretending that's your mentality when you're probably actually way more regimented, which is obviously what was happening with Misha Barton and Taylor Swift. Okay. Um, one last thing get on, on that, oh, on that subject, I just want to say one other thing. Like, you gave me a really helpful tip because, like, I have, an, I, I have a hard time with what I see and how it, I internalize it according to, like, my own insecurities. Mm-hmm. So you, like, just gave me this tip and – Excuse the San Francisco sirens. Sorry, guys, yeah. Sorry. You and I just had a conversation and I just slowly started to follow more people with normal bodies, like more mm-hmm. normal bodied influencers. Obviously, everyone I know that I follow in my real life has normal bodies, but like I started to follow influencers with very normal bodies. Okay. Right. Normal, all different shapes. Everything's great. All of them are beautiful and have like these really amazing lives, but they just don't have this like a simultaneous like unattainable body and it's actually done a lot for like my mental health right like it's so I did the same thing and it really helps you like realize the truth which is that everybody deserves to be celebrated mm-hmm. and is beautiful and would look beautiful in lingerie and mm-hmm. in whatever setting I totally think it's so healthy and I've done the same thing yeah yeah, so. I actually feel like maybe I'll post a list of the influencers who are like best for mental health or something like that. Yeah, that's a good one. I right off the bat, I'm gonna recommend everyone follow Vivian Horn. Yes, that's that's what I was gonna say. 
Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. You might have showed her to me. I don't know who showed her to me, but she's just – she's so stunning in every way, and I just love following her. Yeah, so. she's great. She's She has a lot to say about the subject, too. So Oh, she does? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I, okay. Yeah. I want to look into that. She's beautiful. Okay. So let shall we move on from this That's dicey topic? I know. So dicey. So dicey, and but also so important. Like, I feel like these conversations, like, while they are – like hard to have are so critical yeah because everyone's thinking about it hey chan while we can't while we aren't gonna break for a real ad i think we should break for a fake ad we do have a new fake ad this week yeah let's break for it let's give them let's give them some spotlight some time okay okay perfect so today friends i have a question for you oh this really actually is very fitting have you ever struggled to fit in to your jeans in the morning are you struggling with the COVID-15 like I am with unbuttoning my jeans? Mm-hmm. Well, LuLaRoe, a brand for women interested in wearing the most unflattering leggings of all time, is here with a message for you. What? I know. Chan, these leggings are super soft and they come in every shade and pattern. Chan, what's your favorite? Mine would have to be the mint green chevron print. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently like... I'm about to try these cute little teal ones that have, like, polka dot mini mouses. (laughs) I've got, like, the whole set. I'm super excited about it. Okay, you're going to have to let me borrow those. I'm currently loving my purple stripe ones that also have a bunch of red, white, and blue stars. (gasps) They're so cute. They're perfect for giving strangers a seizure when I'm running by. (sighs) I love that for you. I love how they just basically give you no shape. (laughs) But they're just, like, a loose and a really nice loose legging that has a really big waistband. Exactly. They're the only brand where you can really wear what's unmistakably pajamas in public. Yep. And people just accept that it's now a fact of life. No so one's they're gonna great get mad for at that. You. Yeah, totally. They're also really great for if you're interested in potentially alienating all your friends and family and your loved ones, you can start pushing these products on the most meaningful people in your life yeah. by becoming one of their partners and resellers. You too can help other people look terrible in, the, in clothing by selling for them. Yes. It's a huge opportunity. Chan, where do I, we sign up for this? Um, where do we shop? I think the best place to shop is lularoe.com, L-U-L-A-R-O-E.com. Don't mistake it for Lululemon. That's where you're going to be asked to fork over money for beautiful, highly technical apparel that looks really good on you. You want to go to lularoe for the leggings that offend anyone but the blind. lularoe.com. Okay. Beautiful. Check it out, guys. Yeah, check it out. Let us know what you think. Okay. So, Chan, before we end the show, yeah. I just have to come to you and really our listeners on Bended Knee with a gentle plea, okay? Oh, my gosh. I love it when you come to me on Bended Knee with a gentle plea, <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> please, please, humans everywhere, listeners everywhere, no more national holidays. If the bank isn't closed, I don't want to hear about it on Instagram. Nope. Okay? I, it, was, it was National Sister Day recently or National Sibling Day. And as a woman with four sisters I'm obsessed with, even I wanted to just be an only child. I would have given anything to not have had sisters on that day. National holidays on social media, Chandler, they make me want to throw my phone into the ocean and also my body with right. it. Burn it all down. Burn it all down down. I don't know how we got to this point, everyone, collective humanity, but somehow we have a holiday for everything. Do you know that there's there's National Mayonnaise Day? Shut up. I don't care. It's like somehow corporations invented these holidays so that they could have something to post on like Instagram about and I'm done. I'm out. It started with Donut Day. I feel like Donut Day was the first yeah, it was one. It was the, slow. And it was the least offensive to be mm-hmm. honest because I, whatever. But now it's everything in your life there's a national day national dressers day a day to appreciate your dressers and take a picture of yourself naked on top of it (laughs) exactly shop wayfair five (laughs) percent off you can get a kid with your order i (laughs) terrible i hate it i literally hate it and it's something i really like i'm starting to have a visceral reaction to when i see it and it's just making me more and more angry like, I like what we've got as far as the holidays go. We've got enough. I, I like them all. We've got them up. They're a good cadence. They mm-hmm. work well. 
Okay. Um, we also don't want the banks catching on because I don't know about you guys, but some, I really need that Venmo to transfer the next business day. Right. So I can't have a bunch of delays if all these banks start taking mm-hmm. up National Donut Day mm-hmm. for Susie the Teller to be off. <sighs> I also just have to say, a PSA, we all know the purpose of a national holiday. It's the same purpose as when a, a grave thing happens in a beautiful European European city. It's a moment to post a thirst trap, a thirst trap of when you were visiting there, a thirst trap where yep. uh, a thirst trap of you with a donut and a bikini. This is my public service announcement. Thirst traps don't need national holidays. They just need a witty caption and that'll j- dignify them. It's that'll fine. dignify them. Do it once a month, once every two months. That's a good policy. It's fine. We accept it. That's the world we live in. I put up a classic thirst trap on our Instagram with this exact formula just for a public service announcement to show how it's done. It's totally fine, guys. Post the thirst trap. We get it. It's the price of entry on Instagram. Like we all have to put up with it and it's fine. It just is what it is. And then guess what? You don't have to get creative about how you're going to take a thirst trap on your dresser. Mm-hmm. You can just use the beach photo. Right. How can one of the ones in the canon. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> uh, okay. Well, I think we've done a lot for the people today. Honestly, I hope someone hears your plea. Yes, on bended knee. Well, with that said, if you'd like more from the Pop Apologists, oh my gosh, crazy! Go to Patreon.com, and I, we don't have the link yet, but we will on Wednesday. So just follow the link on our Instagram. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about Real Housewives, yes, we are, um, and some more Bravo drama. And then we also have a few frequently asked questions we're going to talk about. So oh, we're yeah. going to talk about how to survive dating apps, and our thoughts on portion control so it's gonna be a good app you guys yeah on patreon so listen unfiltered unfiltered pop apologists truly oh our mother's worst nightmare okay well (laughs) chan love you love you hope we make it to episode 28 fingers crossed bye bye that's all for now folks Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at popapologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey.